Welcome to the ECA podcast. We discuss the biggest issues in the electrotechnical sector with the industry's leading voices. We encourage you to join the conversation. Send your comments and ideas to podcast at eca.co.uk and help us bring excellence in electrotechnical and engineering services to you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the ECA podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khalil. In this episode, we speak to Tessa Ogle, CEO of the EIC, the Electrical Industries Charity, to talk about a very important subject, mental health in our industry. On top of her role as CEO, Tessa deals with the charity's most serious cases, particularly where suicide is involved, and assists affected families with inquests and interventions. In our discussion with Tessa, we go over the key mental health stats for the industry, look at the barriers that might be preventing people from coming forward and talking about their mental health and also ways in which we can all do more to help either ourselves or a colleague in need. As always, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as our website, www.eca.co.uk forward slash podcast. If you have any ideas for what we should discuss in an upcoming episode, send an email to podcast at eca.co.uk. That's podcast at eca.co.uk. Alternatively, you can find us on Twitter at ECA Live. With me today, I have Tessa Ogle, CEO of the Electrical Industries Charity. Welcome, Tessa. Thank you very much for having me today. It's widely known that uh, mental health issues are top of mind in, in the industry at the moment, a very big issue. Could you go into the stats a bit more? What are the top line stats about mental health in the industry? Okay, so if we look across the Electrical Industries Charity works primarily from the energy-related sectors through to the person who installs the socket into the wall. So we have a full spectrum of people that we support, about 1.3 million. If you look just primarily in the construction sector for the electrical side, the statistics are quite startling. So you're looking at 1.6 times higher than the national average. But if you look across the entire sector, our statistics are even worse. So we're 2.7 times higher than the national average on suicide rates across our sector. But I think what is quite interesting when you look at these numbers is not just the suicide rates. I think you need to look at why these rates are so high across the sector. So primarily when people are asking for assistance from us, it's either financially related or divorce related. So a relationship breakdown. And when we looked at this in more detail through our application process, what we found found is our sector also had the highest divorce rates, even higher than the defence force. So we sit at 69.8% on a first round marriage in our sector, which is startling as well. Before I let you carry on, just to rewind a bit. So you say applicants, just for people, for listeners who don't know, how how does it work exactly? So if someone was applying for help through us, they Mm -hmm. would fill in an application form, which would go through medical history and a series of questions. So we get our data from that and we're able to look at a whole cross range of sectors to see where that comes from as well. So higher rates in the industries we we work with than many other industries? So our rates are 2.7 times higher than the national average. That's considerable. And you said the, the number one reason was divorce. Yeah, so what we primarily find is mental health applicants cite having a relationship breakdown as the primary reason 
reason for seeking assistance with Mm us. We see one in three applicants citing mental health issues as part of that process. And even if they haven't cited it at the beginning, we often find that later on in the application process, it's usually revealed at that point in time as well. What's second, third, fourth on on that list of top causes for mental health issues? I think job insecurity Mm -hmm. as well. Excess travel sits there as quite high as well. Again, that features as the primary reason for the high divorce rates as well. So they are very much intrinsically linked. At the EIC, obviously you're on the the front lines of these issues. People are coming directly to you seeking help. What are the most important contributions you can make to them? So we look at every single case in a holistic way. When you come to us for assistance, you're not just a number. Everyone has their own unique way of dealing with things. So what we do is talk through their experience with mental health previously. If there has been any issues at work, how we could potentially support them through those. And then we go into the medical side with them. You know, what has their experience been with the GP? So a lot of the time, the support that we provide is almost a link between all of the different professions that one may need as part of their mental health journey. Someone might not be receiving the right assistance from their GP. They may never have been formally diagnosed through a psychiatric assessment. So we look at all of those things and then come up with a plan on how best to support them. The plan might be that we coordinate with their GP, we pay for and schedule in a psychiatric assessment that then helps them to look through their medication, whether it's the right medication for them to get them formally diagnosed. If they're not having much support from their GP, and we find this quite a lot, we then potentially would look at providing a Skype psychiatric assessment to get it done a lot faster. Wait times in certain locations around the country are quite significant for those types of appointments, so it makes it very difficult for someone to manage fully their mental health without properly being diagnosed and given the right medication. And then we look at therapeutic support after that diagnosis. So whether that's cognitive behavioural therapy, dialectal behavioural therapy mm-hmm. or any other face-to-face or talking telephone counselling support. It could be any of those things and mm-hmm. all of them together. And then we work through a program with them for a period of time to make sure that that is working for them. So there's no one-size-fits-all no. approach? It's a case-by-case Yeah, and I think approach. for the industry, what's important for them to know is you don't have to be an expert mm-hmm. in mental health but you can identify a staff member and say, look, go to the Electrical Industries Charity. They will look at your case on an individual needs basis and support you with whatever you need. So obviously you're interacting with people who are coming to you on a a day-to-day basis with these issues. What is it, do you think, about the industry that makes the suicide rate 2.7 times higher than than other industries? We have a a high level of men in this industry in terms of ratios, and quite often the macho culture is Mm -hmm. blamed. But I actually think the real reason why people don't ask for help is... They could have consulted their GP and said, I'm not feeling particularly great, but they didn't know how to articulate their real need and how they were feeling. And quite often that first step for help Mm. is actually the most important one. 
And if they're shut down at any point in that process, it's almost very hard for them to re-engage and ask for help a second time. We already know that men are much more likely to commit suicide in this country, at least uh, the stats show. Do you think that might be exacerbated in an industry that's very male-dominated, where machismo is still very much um, a big part of the, of the culture? I also think quite often when we are feeling down, people just think it's a normal part of life and you should just get on with it. You know, that stiff upper lip Mm -hmm. type culture is very much embedded in the culture here. And until we change that conversation and actually really focus on what mental health issues we have in the sector, I just don't think we're going to change it. And now for a short break, I'd like to remind our listeners that they can find more information about the EIC's mental health campaign at www.electricalcharity.org. That's www.electricalcharity.org. Do you want to make creating risk assessments easier and more effective? ERAMS is ECA's online risk assessment and method statement tool that allows any type of contractor to create, amend, store and print general activity-based risk assessments and method statements. ERAMS is free to ECA members and very competitively priced to other businesses. Find out more at eca.co.uk forward slash ERAMS. That's eca.co.uk forward slash ERAMS. A lot of work to do to change attitudes in the industry. The EIC, Electrical Industries Charity, will have launched by the time this podcast goes out a campaign around mental health. Could you describe that a bit more? Yep. So we kicked off the campaign called Not Just a Number in February in Belfast, actually. So Belfast has one of the highest rates of mental health issues that we see in the sector and also the highest wait times. So a first round psychiatric assessment in Belfast will say you back 22 weeks. So you may have attempted suicide and you're looking for support and it is just staggering the amount of wait times that you have to wait in uh, Belfast. So we created a campaign called Not Just a Number, launched it in Belfast to support services that just weren't available in that area. So we launched CBT over the telephone so you could get more access to therapeutic support there. We started our online and Skype psychiatric assessments. So those wait times were significantly reduced. And we worked with the industry to demonstrate through a video about Brian O'Rourke what happens in the sector. And with Brian's video, we touched on some really key issues that we see across the sector. So one, it started off with his fiance in his 30s had committed suicide. I'll stop you there. Who is uh, Brian O'Rourke? So Brian uh, O'Rourke was our case study in Scotland, actually. He worked for a large electrical contractor in Scotland and he came to us seeking support following a breakdown of a relationship. So when Brian was about 30, his fiance had committed suicide and he never sought support for that experience in his life. He did what I've seen many people do in the sector, put it in a box and hoped that it just wouldn't come up again. As a result of doing that, he used alcohol to help him get through those really tough times in his life. Self-medication. Exactly like Mm -hmm. that. And through that process, Brian ended up coming to us when he met someone else, got married. They had a young son who was autistic. 
and their relationship broke down. There was a whole lot of pressures within the household. So it had become a hostile relationship, but neither of them could afford to move out. A lot of financial pressures and difficulties dealing with their autistic son as well. So as you can imagine, all of that popped up and then the alcohol theme kicked back in and he was using alcohol to almost medicate him from this experience. So Brian was sent to private rehab to support him through that, and we support with his return to work and then ongoing counselling and financial assistance. But it was a story that needed to be told that I don't think many people would be brave enough to tell that story. That's what launched our Not Just a Number campaign to actually see the complexities of what people would deal with in various mental health issues across the sector and how we can unpack those and support someone to live the best life that they can. Am I right in saying that part of this campaign will include a series of monthly training sessions? Yeah, so what we realised through launching this is our mental health services have increased tenfold as a result of that. So mental health within the charity is not means tested, so anyone can seek support for um, counselling, face-to-face therapy, psychiatric assessment, return to work planning mm-hmm. and assistance through that. So, sorry to cut you off, but by that do you mean you're receiving ten times as many calls? Yeah. Yeah, it increased by about 10 times the amount of people seeking assistance for um, mental health related support services Mm -hmm. from us. And I think what has been amazing about it is the ability to respond in quite a fast way. The flip side of it is the people that have been seeking support have been seeking it at crisis point. So as a result of that, what we want it to do with the industry is get them to a stage where it's more proactive intervention rather than crisis support intervention. Hence why we developed the training sessions. So what we're looking at doing is a mental health awareness training, which is a two-hour session. We've designed basically to understand what mental health is in our sector and to challenge some of the stigma related to it. So people will get in the training sessions some basic common mental health issues. So I think that the key ones that we want to get across to the industry is depression, anxiety. How do we deal with that in a workplace environment? An introduction to looking after your own mental health and well-being. And then one of the most important things is how to support someone in distress. Because what we find is a lot of people feel uncomfortable having that conversation. So we're going to support them in recognising the signs as well as how to have that difficult conversation. So this will be a two-hour session, and is it every month? Is that correct? Yep, so it's every month, two two two-hour sessions run for free out of the Rotherwick House office here, and they're offered free to anyone in the industry who wants to have an understanding of mental health. So they don't have to have been necessarily affected? No. Whether they have or haven't, whether it's for them or a colleague? What we encourage is people who run businesses, who manage people, anyone who has a day-to-day interaction with someone in the industry to undertake the training. It doesn't hurt anyone to have more knowledge in this space. And it's completely free. And it's completely free. It's run in partnership with Mates in Mind. Um, So the trainers come from the British Safety Council. It's absolutely brilliant. And I think the industry should take full advantage of it. What else can we expect to learn in in one of these sessions? Um, I'll definitely 
be attending myself, so the first one for sure. Will we come away with maybe some tips on signs to, to recognise in the workplace? Absolutely, sort of you'll recognise the signs, I think when managing people as well, you'll recognise what causes absenteeism probably more than you realised, and probably how to have a better conversation with your staff around mental health and wellbeing, and to challenge the stigma across the industry. The interesting thing now, doing this job for the last three years, is when I first talked about mental health three years ago in the industry, more people told me there's no mental health issue in our sector than anything else. And I would say more people now would ask me for help on how best to support their company through their mental health issues. So we are already changing as an industry. We're recognising that there is an issue and people are looking for tools on how best to support. And I think the training is one avenue that people can go down. And then also knowing that the charity is there to back you up as well. No point in doing training if you don't have the tools to actually help someone when they are in distress. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much, Tessa. And that concludes this episode of the ECA podcast. Big thank you to Tessa Ogle from the Electrical Industries Charity for sitting with us and thank you for listening. As always, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please give us a like, share and subscribe there and find us on Twitter at ECA Live. Thank you for listening to the ECA podcast. To continue the conversation or ask questions which may feature in the future podcast episodes, send your comments and ideas to podcast at eca.co.uk. Until the next episode, visit www.eca.co.uk where you can learn more about ECA and the services our team provides. That's www.eca.co.uk.